What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have a lot to talk about. So, breaking news, Russ Orhe is no longer on the USAPL Raw Nationals roster, and we give an explanation on why that is. And then we talk about what this means for the 82.5 kilo lifters that are competing at Raw Nationals. You know, what the loss of Russ does for competitors and why it's still an incredibly interesting stacked class Regardless if Russ is competing or not, uh, we talk about USAPL not counting, question mark. Uh, some uh, sound bites from a few uh, powerlifting podcasts gets discussed with Steve and I, and we give our takes defending the great nation of America as far as powerlifting goes. Um, we talk a little bit about threads being hot in the streets, and Steve talks about the regional referees and national referees, the rule changes in regards to that. He explains it more. He is the referee on Two White Lights, not me, so he has a better uh, stance on that. This episode is brought to you by Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself the best merchandise in powerlifting. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on Leflar Bros. merchandise. Make sure you're following them also on Instagram as well to check out their drops and check out, you know, this people repping the Leflar Bros brand. Also, go to twowhitelights.com and get yourself some merchandise on our website. And also, like always, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe on Spotify, leave a five-star rating there as well. And also, you can subscribe on twowhitelights.com to stay up to date with your favorite podcast, the Two White Lights podcast. And without further ado, here it is. Two white lights. Yeah, just saying this time to get some birthday. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Shimmy, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yo. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. Who tank killer bees on the swarm? Rain on your college ass this storm. Will you to even touch my skill? You gotta go to one killer B and he ain't gonna kill now. Chop that down, pass all around. And as promised, we are here. Again. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> It's not as funny for the it's not as funny for the people listening, but yep, again is a very very strong again. No man, I'm still in California. This is our first time doing it. I'm in California with terrible yeah. hotel Wi-Fi, and uh, yeah, it it definitely didn't come back and bite me in the ass. This hotel Wi-Fi that was extremely shady to begin with and choppy to begin with, but we're here. And well, to enlighten the listeners, first off, this is our second time recording this mm-mm, podcast. We totally the first it. time. Well, totally the first time yeah, no. recording. I, I'm saying it to cover myself in case this one sucks and I don't know what I'm talking about anymore because all the good stuff, it's off. It's just off the cuff. I don't know if I can go off the cuff again. But yeah, we tried to record the whole thing while Angela was in some hotel in California on crappy Wi Fi and he went to go uh, edit it. And it only recorded like half the podcast, which yeah. is probably not the worst thing ever because <laughs> there were so many times I couldn't even hear what Angela was saying. And yeah. I just kind of was like randomly saying stuff in response. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the podcast is you yeah. responding to me really late and my audio just not being there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was using the 7-Eleven Wi-Fi uh, that was across the street. The same 7-Eleven where a female was just not wearing any pants going into and I just went into and I'm like sounds like a sounds like a solid 7-Eleven yeah I mean as far as 7-Elevens go it's not that bad um but yeah (laughs) going into that the California just walked in that 7-Eleven saw that I'm like I'm gonna come back later I'm just gonna go back into hotel room I don't need to see this and uh I did that's uh that's what happened there but yes we'll see how this one goes Maybe we'll talk about. Well, it's, it's a nine episode. It's a nine episode too. So we got we got the. We're, it's it's now a thing that apparently I just need to show alcohol on any time I'm on camera since I've set precedent now that it was on the big screen at regionals. So got a nice <laughs> little scotch to go with the episode tonight. Yeah, I do like that audio that video clip of me just like putting trying to put down your uh, Modelo <laughs> as as we're, I didn't know we we're on the big screen. So like stop stop doing that, Steve. <laughs> Don't, um, yeah, but we're here, 
again, doing the podcast, and, uh, you know, we do have some a lot of stuff to talk about, and this will probably be about an hour podcast, but last episode, Russ out of Nats, question mark, the little bit of, uh, you know, get, trying to get that hot title in there so people would go and look, but now it's Russ out of Nationals, omit, question mark. So, Steve, your speculations, your hunches were correct. It's no longer a speculation, but we do have a little bit more uh, solid info now that we can speak on. Well, I mean, frankly, we kind of had this solid info prior, uh, which is why I was completely fine with doing that. Because we get a lot of information. We've we said this. We get a lot of information. We don't report a lot of it because it needs to actually be valid for us to, to go on air and say it. Pretty darn confident that Russ was not doing nationals. And that's fine. We're going to get to that. That's not the issue. I don't care if he's doing it or not. Uh, it was just that had it been announced, and we'll get to I – don't, I don't know why it's still not announced other than us saying it. But, okay, here's what happened. So, uh, this was something we weren't talking about because it was kind of on the down low. But now me and you have both heard it from so many different – random people that it's obviously public enough that we're going to talk about it. So there is a loophole that I did not even know existed. And it is a, it is an actual legit one. It's not like a true loophole where there's rules being changed. So there is a water rule, not IPF, an actual water rule that you can, if you retire from said organization or from competing or whatnot, if you want to come back, you have to be within the registered testing pool for six months before you can then compete again. I actually, I, I mean, I knew of that. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Angelo, you had mentioned when we first talked about it, Conor McGregor comes to mind as someone who had to do that. I didn't know it existed for the IPF though, because the IPF has already far expanded past water rules. And I thought that kind of rule would not even apply because article 14 seemingly kind of voids that I thought. But I just didn't read enough because as soon as I contacted Arian Kamisi, he showed me immediately and I'm just dumb and I didn't read enough and I'm the person I usually make fun of for not going and reading. And I just didn't because it was just blatantly obvious. It's right there. You can resign, retire from the IPF. And then here, here's, the, here's the big caveat. You can apply for an exemption to return. Mm-hmm. It does not mean it is granted. That's the big key here and why it's not a true like loophole because, frankly, if it, if I could just apply and get back in, I should just have retired after PA Nats. But yeah. they don't have to accept it. And that kind of goes back to the initial rumblings we were hearing that there was some things going back and forth. It was still kind of unsure if he was going to do it or not. And this is why is because I believe, I mean, this is, this is the assumption. I don't think Russ is probably going to comment on it. But – what it sounded like is he was waiting to get the exemption clear so that he was approved for the fact of, okay, now you're in a six month registered testing pool before you then likely compete. Uh, I don't know if this is the one he's doing, but uh, there's a meet coming up in January that I think they're getting a lot of the USA people to try and do in Florida at Wadapalooza. Uh, I don't know if that's what he's doing, but possible. Either way, he has been granted the exemption to return to the IPF and unretire, but to do so, he has to be under their drug testing, out of meat testing for six months in their testing pool before returning. So therefore, because of that, he cannot do USAPL Raw Nationals, and that's it. He's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's explained pretty well, and that's a unique situation to him because my first question was, well, what if I want to do Powerlifting America Nationals after Nationals? What, like, what's the deal with that? And it was explained to me that it doesn't apply to you because you didn't retire from the IPF. If you guys remember, back in 2021, all those USVI lifters, that's the loophole they found competing under USVI in order to compete at IPF Worlds. Well, he was the only one to hop back to the USAPL. Everyone has stayed where they were, aside from a few lifters like Isaac Whistler, but he had to face a suspension because he was still under USVI team, I believe. So that is so you know it's it's remaining consistent consistent which is good and yeah it's not this made up loophole i do question which is more legitimate though or i do question like the ufc's legitimacy because conor mcgregor retiring from wada testing and the ufc then reapplying it's like well you was clearly doing something in those in that time of him being retired from the ufc um at least russ was getting drug tested regularly or if our definition of regularly um, in the USAPL, 
but at least there was that. So it's our, like our def our definition is better than the IPS definition. Yeah, the only well, people I know of I'm, that regularly get OMT'd are the Sheffield athletes. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that because a lot of people in Powerlifting America and the IPF are like, when it was, it was I think Arian made it public that you know who what pros are being tested out of meet regularly, and it was like we're all tied for three. People are like, that's way too low for pro lifters. I'm like, well, there's a, a lot of people in our federation. If we just flipped the federations here, a lot of, like, I probably wouldn't be as tested as often as other lifters in powerlifting well, America. I literally, I literally had Waskar reach out, and he's like, am I supposed to be getting OMT'd uh, <laughs> since I was at Worlds? And I was like, I think that's mainly the Sheffield people that get OMT'd. Hopefully I didn't get Waskar in trouble. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, well, you I mean, would you? That I for- He's asking. He'll you, probably demand that he gets OMT'd, knowing him. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned something important that I forgot, which is the USDI thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the big thing here. That's the reason why this has to happen, because he still remained IPF and didn't stick with the USAPL. Because if you stick with the USAPL, you can just switch. It's not a big, it's not an issue. Yeah. I, I still don't understand that. That doesn't really make sense to me. Because going back to Rondell and some other situations, whatever, that's a whole other thing we've already talked about. But yes, since he was USBI, uh, he, he apparently he either knew or someone in the know told him to make sure he retired. Because if he did not retire, he would be under a suspension from doing that Korea meet still. Yeah. Um, which in sense would have gone been done because that would that would be the other thing is even if it was that that situation. His 12-month suspension would be done in, what, like November or December, and he can compete in January. Either way, that's why he's not doing Raw Nationals. He wants to go back to the IPF. Cool for him. I think the only thing that's kind of a question is, like, why – I'm not really understanding, like, why this – he's not talking about it. Like, it seems like a it seems like a very legitimate thing just to discuss. And yeah. I'm sure he will eventually, but, like, it leaves more questions than answers by not discussing it. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter too much. He's going. No, yeah, it doesn't. At the end of the day, he really doesn't have to say anything because he gets to say whatever he wants to say in regards to him. I would just, if I'm like, if I was him, I would announce it right away just because, like, okay, people start raising the questions on why I'm not doing nationals. Because I did get some DMs on Two White Lights, like some really stupid ones, like, oh, he failed an anatomy test, didn't he? Like, no, he didn't fail an anatomy test, and... Um, other people were just kind of like, oh, he just, he's going to the IPF and kind of, they didn't put the WADA thing, they didn't connect it, but they kind of just implied it like, okay, I guess he's just going to the IPF and he's saying, screw the USAPL or, uh, another people, a lot of people were saying like, well, he doesn't want to compete twice at 82 and a half or 83. He he doesn't, cause he has a big weight cut. He doesn't want to do that twice. So he's just going to skip nationals, do a qualifier meet, then cut down for Power of the American Nationals so only has two weight cuts as opposed to three. And I'm like, not a bad thought, but that's not the case. It's He has to just fall under the six-month thing. And if he announced it, it would have just been a lot more clear. And every lifter would have just understood and been okay with it because if that's your desire to compete in Power of the America and IPF, then that's your desire and that's your goal. Um, a, a few could point to maybe, you know, running from competition, even though I don't think he would be running from any one of us. He's beaten everyone on the roster multiple times um, in a primetime session or not. Um, he's beaten us pretty handily, so he's not running from that. One thing that did come up was, like, why does he just do 90 and not make that cut and go against Petrie in what would arguably be the biggest matchup in USAPL during this calendar year? And I was like, that does make sense, but... And this, he's made it very clear that he wants to stay in 83, that he's not going up to 90 anytime soon. Um, in spite of what he might have said to other people, he's not going to 90 anytime soon. And no, like if, if that's the thing. If you just control the narrative in which he does, he can just say these things and these speculation ends. But I don't think he cares about speculation. I don't think he cares about what other people say. Um does you he, say you don't care. Does he? he he's, uh, got, he's got a post. Well, no, he posts a lot that he doesn't care, care what people say. Which is probably a good think, indication that you care what people say. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good indication if you have to post every single time that you don't care. I just want to announce that I don't care what anybody says on Two White Lights right now. Breaking news, Angelo Fortino doesn't care what anyone thinks about him, his height, his bench press. I don't care. 
I, I do not care. It's like LeBron James announcing that he's not retiring. <laughs> no, yeah. no one else. I, I have a, I have a, I have a general rule of thumb, and this really only applies to a very, 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 very select few. If I'm not having sex with you, I don't truly care about your opinion. <laughs> Jesus, I was when that sentence started, didn't know it was going to end there. Just putting that out there. Thought that was, I well, obvious. I was thinking of all the crazy then, things you would say. And then, Angelo, we haven't had sex, but we've had to cuddle it. Breaking news. Meet, so I, I kind of, I kind of have you. Eh, you're kind of lumped in there. We've been to maybe second base. So basically, my wife and then somewhat Angelo. Okay. Well, there you go. That's. So I, yeah, I didn't know Steve was going to top me on that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, you got, you got the, you got the well, scotch I, I in hand. It's like find you got a scotch in hand. It's like a Hugh Hefner thing to, to say. Well, yeah, I got a little scotch, but I've got to I've got to find new things off the cuff since we're having to oh, record. Yeah, yeah you did not there, say this so. the first time. I will say that you did no. not say what you just said the first time. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it just does remind me to LeBron James going on the ESPYS and like, I am not retiring. Like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's news. I'm I want to officially announce on this podcast that I'm not retiring as well. Angela Fortino not retiring from powerlifting. So there you have it. Well, that sucks. I was really hoping you did because I'm getting sick and tired <laughs> I'm of getting old. competing. So, but yeah. one of the big things with this, I'm not going to say Russ not in this 82 and a half class doesn't slightly bring down the excitement, but it does. It, it still could very. It could be the best. 82 and a half, 83 battle. I think we've ever seen at nationals. Mm-hmm. If Russ was there, if Russ isn't there, uh, I mean, for so long, it's kind of always been Russ versus Sean. And can Sean have a meet that actually challenges him and it has to lift up the height? This year was, I mean, everyone's going, like, oh, you're going to say it's going to be different. This year is going to be different. And not because of Sean, but because you have Sean, you have Jamar, you have you, you have Chris Perez. Sean Jin, Sean Jabril, uh, Lucky, Gerald Scott. Gerald Scott, Lucky. It's it's deep, really deep. It was it it was a it's on a different level this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully expect with how deep the pool is this year that someone's likely going to go eight forty plus. It's not this year like can Sean get 80, 40, 40 plus and challenge us? It's can Sean, can Jamar, can Angelo do eight forty plus? And I'm really confident at least one person's going to do it. At least one. I mean, yeah. things are looking really, really good. You're, I mean, uh, frankly, your training took an uptick this last week. Yeah, kind of. It seemed like. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I, I there's, um, there's the question that is begged, and also this over the weekend, somebody did say like, oh, you, <laughs> which this is my point, like what you said, you know, Russ leaving does add just a little bit of a different scenario for competitors. Um, and this is a perfect example of it. Somebody came up to me and was like, and they meant well, and I'm just saying it, but they're like, oh, you might actually win nationals this year. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you'd be saying that if a certain other person didn't drop out, but I'm like, you know, it was a compliment and I get it. And that's kind of the thing that we are, I think it's in everyone's back of my mind. Like if you do win if you say don't total exactly what Russ totals, the question is going to be bought up. And I think I bought this up on last podcast. And, you know, if Sean wins, it, it might, you know, it might just be like, oh, well, he finally won now that Russ is gone, huh? And it's like, shit, the guy can never win. Oh, 100%, huh? 100, 100%, 100% percent that's going to happen. If he does like 850, if he does 850, it's still going to be, it's oh, going to be Russ mean. wasn't there, he can find, yeah, it will, 100%. Yeah. It is what it is. That's yeah. powerlifting. I mean, we do that to other people. That's sports. I can't be too upset. That's sports, too. If it was any other sport, it would be the same thing. People would be raising those questions. But, I mean, this is not – like, if that happens to Sean, I think I can honestly say he wouldn't care. Um, He doesn't have to announce that he doesn't care. But for me, that's the thought that I was having, you know, going in. Like, okay, you know, we're just going to be still compared to Russ. But I honestly don't care. Because I think if you're a lifter within the sport, especially you are competitive within the sport and you're saying the – top 10 or top five and you think you have a legitimate chance of winning you're you're not competing because of one person you're competing for multiple people um and yet that plus whoever i mean 
we're going to get to the to, to the USAPL doesn't count in a little bit here, mm-hmm. but th- this is going to be a more competitive group than we saw at IPF Worlds. I mean, the USAPL side has been more competitive than the IPF side since the split. Whoever wins this, this year is the best likely, assuming you everyone gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta hit absolutely the numbers. tank. You got the numbers, but assuming they're going to go 820 plus, or let's say 835 plus, 835, give the landy they did at 835. Yeah. Someone goes 835 plus and they win this. They are the best 82 and a half, 83 kilo lifter in the world mm-hmm. this year. And you you can't say Russ is the best this year because let's let's take a guy who just doesn't compete in football for a year. Yeah. Are they the best quarterback? Because still, even though they did not do anything that year, they took the entire year off. Um, I'm trying to think of precedent there, someone who left and came back. Uh, it's, it, it, it's very hard. Like, I would say I would say the UFC would be the best one, where like well, Guns Jones retired, or I mean, got suspended. Yeah. <laughs> how many times? Yeah. And, or I was I was going to lean back towards Taylor Atwood is the best currently the best 74, 75 of all time, but he's not the best this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, and well, you say that, and I think you would be correct in that because I think you do have to compete in order to maintain that power ranking, unofficial power rankings, of course, but officially within this year, he wouldn't even have a meet to, to go off of. Um, but you can power rank people ho- however you want, um, but I think his nut huggers are so good that I, public perception will not be changed. Russ is goat no oh, matter no, what. Yeah, I mean, well. according to his nut huggers, he had a deadlift world deadlift record. For a while, like that was personal message that I saw. Like, oh, congratulations on taking the deadlift record away from Russ. I'm like, he never held that, but awesome. I wish I was that good to get, have records being given to me that I do not have. I that's that's my goal in powerlifting. Like, just <laughs> to be that good and just everyone just gives you records. Well, and, and weighing a weight class up at the same time while you do it. Yeah, that would be that would also be so. great. Um, yeah, but. so yeah, there's there's that. But if I'm being honest, as a competitor. Going into this meet, Russ was obviously the guy you're keeping pace with, and you're thinking about Russ because he's number one, and he's the undisputed champion, I think, in this weight class. He's been arguably the best champion in powerlifting. I I think we've made arguments before because he's been dominating a weight class that has so many competitors, so many good competitors, and he hasn't really even came close to losing. The last time it was really a challenge was maybe 2019 worlds and he still won that relatively easily against gibbs so he's been dominating this weight class for a really long time so obviously he would be the first one to look at but going into this meet and i'm not bullshitting here i was putting him and jamar on the same pedestal because of how good jamar is looking right now like jamar's training and his meta corrupted was so good that i'm looking at what russ is doing in the gym and I'm looking at what Jamar's doing in the gym. I'm like, they have the same momentum. And Jamar proved one thing, that he can do it on the platform with that weight cut. Granted, it was a local meet, but he can do something like it on the platform. So for me, I was looking really into Jamar where other years it was not, you know, Russ wasn't really on my radar because he was so ahead of me. It was more Delaney, Jamar, Nori, Rudin, all those people. But now I'm thinking, like, Jamar has somehow surpassed me. Because in 2021, that wasn't the case. I was more looking at Delaney, Sean, and Gruden. I thought Jamar was a guy I had the edge on. Now it's I'm chasing Jamar, and that's huge, right? And this does add, I think, an element of storyline to this weight class battle that it is going to be the most hyped primetime session because of that. Because you do have some great storylines and an awesome chess match that could play out. Yep. And caveat, most hype primetime since Bob and Ashton will not be in primetime because mm-hmm. of the craziness. But yeah, the, the the crazy interesting thing too is the dichotomy between like, I mean, Jamar, I mean, the, the well, I mean, it's almost hard to say the, the three favorites or four favorites because it, it's got to be the three people going in that are going to be looked at are Jamar, yourself, and Sean. And if you're looking at those three, Sean, I mean, Jamar is way ahead on squat. Mm-hmm. Sean is way ahead on bench and you are way ahead on deadlift. All three of you likely having chips. It's a very interesting dichotomy there, but I, I don't want to say you three is the favorites because Chris Perez and Sean Jin, I think are very, and, and lucky are very capable of 820 to 825. Now I don't think they're going to battle for a win, but those are people that, I mean, 
I mean, they I'm sure myself off. with handling Sean, Joe handling you, Marcel's handling Jamar. We're going to have to fight each other, but we're also going to have to like look in our rearview mirror because Alex and Sean, Jen, Fair, and Chris uh, are all people who can very well pull into second or third based off of other people not paying attention to them. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, this is a uh, lucky. Uh, I would have lucky right now with the momentum that he's building, and nobody can do it. Meets. I would put him really high in my power ranking. But yeah, Chris Press is coming in nominated third into this meet. So like, I'm not even or second nominated second. Second, yeah, second. I forgot, yeah, because Russ isn't doing it. So nominated second coming into this meet. So yeah, so there's there's a lot there. Um, and it does, like you mentioned, the only thing that misses there is like the squat battle between Russ and Jamar because. That would have added a really interesting strategy piece because if one of them miss, then it opens a door for another person to possibly surpass them and then really be in the driver's seat. Um, granted, both of them could hit it and they could be you know head-to-head all day. Uh, but now I think Jamar gets to just not coast on squat, but he's going to be so... He could probably take a 700-plus second attempt and kill us and still miss his third and it, it won't take him out of the competition at all. Um, because yeah. of how well, heavy he is on biggest squat. Thing with, biggest thing with Jamar lately is his squat, we already know about, his bench, bench has started good. to take a good uptick. Yeah. Um, I think he benched 200 kilos in the gym and his best in the meets, I think, like 185. So that that's honestly almost more uh, noteworthy than me because if, he, if his squat just raised up, he's beatable. But if his bench comes and he's benching 195 plus, that, that's big. That's yep. really big, and that's going to be tough subtotal-wise uh, for anyone on deadlift to kind of make up there. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but it doesn't count. It's USA Yeah, uh, You know, we, we, we don't care about head-to-head competitions either. So, I mean, just what was said right there is, yeah, I think the, the same thing you could possibly get at IPF Worlds, but we don't really care about head-to-head competition. We care more about numbers. So, um yeah, I mean, Two White Light's job is to listen to what's going on in the powerlifting world, and I guess we are referencing two podcasts here. The first one, as far as USAPL doesn't count, was something that was said on uh, Sabado Sessions podcast, uh, hosted by Joey and Jurens. I was on that podcast. Love those guys. Uh, they had Rondell Hunt on, and Bam Bam came up, and we love Bam Bam on the show, but Jurens and I, I just think Banter mentioned that USAPL doesn't count. Like He also brought up his bench. Uh, and which I, I I feel for you, Bam Bam, whenever somebody else brings up my bench on a podcast, it hurts a little bit because it's never something positive that's being said. But it was uttered that USAPL doesn't count. Um, and me, no endurance. I know he just talks to talk sometimes and to create a little bit fun with the, the guest that's on and himself. Um, and then also I got Nick Manders on King of List podcast along with Ryan Lapidette saying that people in the USAPL tend to care about the numbers, not necessarily the head-to-head competition. And I'm like, all right, so I'm hearing two different things from people in international side of powerlifting. And the great thing when they said this is kind of the United States lifters pulled together, no matter if you're in Powerlifting America, USAPL, and say, hey, you guys compete internationally, and we compete head-to-head often. Your international national meets... The countries you compete in nationally are near as competitive as what we do in the USAPL. So, congratulations winning Canadian Nationals. You actually had the head-to-head battle there. Jurens, congratulations winning UK Nationals. I think you had to face a croissant and a broomstick in order to win that. But we have a pretty good talent pool here, and I do think our numbers count just a little bit, considering we win pretty much every IPF Worlds anyways. Yeah. Um... Expect this last year or two getting to IPF Worlds has been odd because of the split. Mm-hmm. This coming year is going to be more back to normal. But if we take this coming year and then the historical data when USAPL used to be in the IPF, frankly, for a lot of competitors, it was harder to get to IPF Worlds than it was, or it was harder to win Raw Nationals than it was to win IPF Worlds. Like, mm-hmm. that was the hardest part was just to get to IPF Worlds. And we're going to see that next year. We got a chance that in the 93s it's going to be Keiko versus Chance versus Gavin versus Petrie just to get a world spot. And if you listen to one of our prior episodes, 
there's a good chance there's no alternates this year. Yeah. There's a chance whoever wins 93 is the only U.S. 93 going over, even though arguably all four of those people could win IPF Worlds. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's just laughable because, I mean, this even goes back to this. I mean, you posted about this. Uh, one of the reasons that international lifters hype up travel is because they never actually compete head-to-head where they're actually living. So they think that when they go to IPF Worlds and have to go head-to-head, that the travel is the reason they have a downtick. We know in the USAPL and Powerlifting America coming this year, we see that downtick at our nationals yeah. from local meets. And for we the already same see reason. that downtick because it's the difference of going head-to-head versus just lifting for numbers. We, we already see that. So that's why when we go to IPF Worlds, we don't see a downtick. Frankly, if you're taking a lot of U.S. lifters, we see an uptick. Natalie's totaling 12 kilos more or 11, 11 kilos more. Waskar's totaling uh, 12-something kilos more than he did on U.S. soil yeah. because it's it's literally what they do. Like that's It's it's exactly what we have to do every single time. Yeah, I that's that's a very good point, and it's something that we're, I think we're used to is the head-to-head competition. The reason why, yeah, we do have a downtick at Nationals is because – the same reasons why you have a down tick at IPF Worlds. Jurens was much better than his total at IPF Worlds, but he had to try to overextend himself to keep pace with the pack. And when you do that, you're going to pick a third that's not within your wheelhouse, possibly overextend on your second in order to get your third, and your total drops as a result from that. I'm sure, I mean, then a few weeks later, he wins eight. He wins the silent worker meet, the, the money meet, with an 8-12 kilo total, it's like, yeah, you were clearly better than what your total was at Worlds, but because you're in that situation. I never competed at Worlds, but I've competed with Russ Orhe, Sean Noriega, Deuce Gruden, Jamar Royster, and Delaney Wallace. And actually, the people who have wins over me are the two world champions, Delaney Wallace and Russ Orhe. I'm pretty used to at competitions, and I know things can go really poorly for me at one lift because I'm trying to keep pace with those guys. I could have easily got sixth, or fifth at both the nationals that I got third and second in. If I would have just missed my last deadlift, which last year at Vegas, definitely a number that was 50-50 for me. I wasn't I I never hit close to 787 in the gym. The heaviest I hit in the gym was 771, and that was my comp PR. So we really had to overextend ourselves to get second, and if I would have missed, I would have been belt behind Deuce Sean Deuce and Sean coming out of that meet. So, just the point being is a lot of us are used to it. A lot of us have had these battles on a national level. Um, I'm trying to think of who I have more problems with by saying it, because I love both these guys. Nick is one of my favorite people in the sport. Um, Jurens also is too. I would love to have both of them on two I lights one day. It's not exactly shade against them, but what they said is we're listening to. I might be more upset with Nick because saying that we don't care about head-to-head competition is so insane. Nick should know better. He, he knows that, yeah. Jurens, I don't think, knows better. I think Nick knows better. Um, and something I'll throw out there, too. Uh, travel is overrated. Yeah. Albeit time zones are real. And we'll get that to in a second because they, they make it's, a only, difference. it's only apparently real for you. U.S. lifters who don't. When you're up in the air for that long, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll admit some wrong here and some U.S. bias. Uh the main reason we see a downtick at IPF Worlds is because of head-to-head matchups. Yeah. That, that I do not even think is a hot take. That I would is, say I also... I think that is very agreeable. I would say also stricter judging. Just in general. Stricter... How about random judging? Yeah. It's either stricter judging or bad judging. So, I'm airing more on the but, bad judging. But the travel is not... Is, is overrated. Yeah, if, if travel was an issue, we wouldn't see New Zealand dominating with 40-plus hours of travel. And where we see people from outside the country calling worlds a different animal and we make fun of it, I'm going to backtrack a bit and say, you know what? I'm a bit too U.S. biased because in the U.S., when our lifters go to worlds, they have very similar experiences trying to win nationals on U.S. soil. It's not a different animal. It's mm-hmm. It's really not that different. They're going to have to fly five hours to Vegas to go head-to-head in a class that's three to four deep and have to play the whole game just like they're going to have to do traveling 10 to 11 hours to go to Malta and Worlds. It's, it's not that much different. It's not a different animal. 
Like that's why we see Waskar, Natalie, Chance, and a lot of our U.S. lifters go over there in their first time and do completely fine. You know what? If I take away the U.S. bias and I put myself in shoes of the other countries, it is a little bit different because they are going from never having direct head-to-head competition in their own country because if I go look at all the world champions, not a single world champion outside of the U.S. lifters, which frankly the U.S. lifters really didn't have a ton of competition this year, but that's going to change. But if I'm taking the other countries, not a single world champion had any true direct head-to-head competition at their own nationals. They are they are at minimum at least 20 to 30 kilos above second place. Yeah. Yeah, I would argue that occasionally in the USAPL, the local meets were more competitive than some of these national meets internationally. I I think these pro-qualifying meets, too. I mean, a good example of this, and I, maybe I'm just using my weight class as a bias. You're using our country as a bias. I'm using our country and my weight class as a bias. Guren's got 812 at that silent work meet and is able to win it, correct? Yeah. I told I, this. Did, I, he, did, he, did he win overall? I think I he won know. overall. I I, I, you could double-check that, but I think he won overall. I got 812.5 at the Arnold Pro Finals and got fifth. Yes, he won overall. Okay, so I got fifth at the Arnold Pro Finals, and that was a formula meet. That was a formula money meet, and I got fifth with the same total. So the competition just overall is very good, and the silent worker meets have some good, I mean, good lifters who are lifting on formula. But I I, and I, I, I do also recall the same thing Nick said. And again, I, maybe just on a podcast, he said some things. Nick, again, I love you. You know I love you. Kurens, you know I love you too. But Nick said, well, Natalie and Waskar, they're one of 400 people. Or they just brought up Natalie, not Waskar. They're one of 400 people who were able to do that. Like, that's not even statistically true. They're one of 400 people. So that means 399 people really struggled with the travel. That's that's not, <laughs> that's not Again, true. And yeah, also, how yeah. we can make a list of all the people, their first time doing Worlds, they won. We can make a list of how many people who did that. So if you're going to able to make a list on it, then then it can't be that true. I know we're talking about it a lot, but it's well, I, I heard it. I've heard it from multiple people now, so therefore it's starting to get me a little bit riled up. Well, it's no one from the U.S. It's the international lifters. I mean, well, hold on, Jerns. Jerns had to hold on. Who? I think one person who, who occasionally the- does this. On the uh, on the American side is Chance Mitchell. I think Chance Mitchell would bring up a lot of that. Rondell Hunt brought it up too, where Chance have said in the past, like, "Oh, the USAPL, eh, who cares about that? The judging's it's like, dude, you were the USAPL guy for the longest time, then all of a sudden he goes to the Powerlifting America and the IPF. Now USAPL doesn't count. So there's an occasional US lifter who would say that about the IPF. I think Taylor Atwood too would occasionally say that because, I mean, I've been talking a lot about threads. Taylor Atwood's been a gold mine on threads, and he said... Oh, he's had the greatest threads ever. He's must-follow guy. Like, he is the must-follow guy on threads. It is, the I mean, the best things ever. One thing that he said, which I ratioed the hell out of him on, I felt very proud of that because I don't have a lot of victories over Taylor Atwood. He said, you have 364 days to, to prepare for one meet, and that's IPF Worlds. Are you willing to do that? I'm like, one, that's just incorrect. That's not true at all. You do not have 364 days to prepare for it. And two, you make it sound really easy if that's the case. Because I was saying you have 12 weeks technically to prepare for Worlds. That to me is harder. 12 weeks comparatively to 364 days. Deadlines are always more difficult. He responded by saying that, you know, I can't even win nationals, so why am I talking? And I'm like, uh, you're talking to a two-time AWPC world champion. So we're kind of the same people, you and I, Taylor Atwood. But, yeah, I, I do think some people in America have that. I do think we're becoming more patriotic. That'll make Taylor Atwood very happy. And we're kind of binding together. If you go on threads, Jesus Oliveras, Pablo Oliveras, they jump to the aid of Bam Bam and what was said on Jurens' podcast. Uh, Jerns and Joey's podcast. Um, so that's good. I mean, we're kind of binding together there, but I don't know. I am seeing a little bit more often. And if this is the actual thing that's being thought of in the international side of powerlifting, it's a cope. You're coping. Well, 
I did make the entire Google spreadsheet showing that there was no statistical relevance to travel. So if anyone wants to expand on that and do the other years, I'd welcome it and like actually use travel distance to look at like performance differences on short travel versus long travel. I don't think you're going to find any as well as time zones don't have to be real. If you're not, if you're from Europe, considering that they don't change time zones, even South Africa was in the same time zone as Malta. Like they don't have to change time zones. I've already mentioned it, but if anyone has an excuse, it should be New Zealand and Crushed they do well. It. Like they all killed it. Yeah, they do well. Like, they were great. They they should have it based on travel, and that the fact that they went forty plus hours, and most Europeans only went about an hour and a half to two hours. There should have been just a massive difference in performance, and we saw zero. We yeah. saw Tim. We saw Carlina. We saw Evie. I'm forgetting a couple. Timmy Tope. Is she from? Uh, I forget. Anyway, they crushed it. It was no issue. The difference with worlds is head-to-head battles and strict slash random judging. That's the difference. Yeah. That's the different animal. And you know what? Again, I'm redacting my statement that it is never a different animal. You know what? For countries where you literally are out totaling everyone by 100 kilos in your weight class, you know what? Worlds is a little bit of a different animal. Just like going from a local meet to USAPL Nationals or a local meet to PA Nationals is a bit of a different animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, on top of <laughs> Yeah, on top of that, uh, yeah, he's brought up New Zealand. Like that—that's a really good example. But I would like a world to be in America, just so we can test this the other way, right? Like, what if it was if it was in say Florida? Let's just use that example. Florida. That's you know me traveling Texas to Florida, or say when I lived in Illinois. Say all right, so I don't get the excuse. That's to still three. That's still three time zones for Waskar, and time zones are real. Yeah, exactly. That's going to mess them up. So that's what I'm saying. So, Three I mean, time zones. Do we have precedent? We don't have precedent of Europeans kind of coming over to America and doing it. So would that in, So I, I am very curious of what will happen. And it's going to happen eventually. There's going to be an IPF Worlds in America. again. I am very curious of what happens. Say if America wins and does well, does that completely invalidate our victory? Or if we do poorly... And how heroic it is that Europeans are able to travel so well and go and go in through these time zone differences or whatever to beat the Americans. Cause you can't have it both ways if that's the case. I, I am I am I am praying for this day and what the narrative is gonna be on podcasts like King of the Lifts when this happens. I really don't want to talk about travel again. If we do a preview episode, I want to talk about travel again. And also, I want to reiterate that America is the best. At power. And what I do want to talk about that I didn't get a chance is that something that was just unbelievably enlightening to me is I did not know that if you go outside and breathe deep, deep breathe deeply, you get oxygen in your body. <laughs> uh, I've literally, on a daily basis since I learned about this, have went outside, We've been inhaled doing oxygen, and came back inside and blown it in my wife's mouth to make sure for her survival's sake she is uh, living and still able to we, keep her heart beating. We've been doing it wrong this entire time, and I had no idea that that's how you get oxygen. That was the greatest... That was... I mean, Threads was only two days old, and we can't top Social that is... That counts as well. No, you can't say the greatest. So wait, let's pull up the awards. We, we I gotta add. We gotta do thread of the year now. To, to, we got. Is it post social media post of the year? We gotta do thread of the year. I don't know because thread of the. I guess we might have to. I mean, social media post so of the year of is the gonna year, have. It's going to be the, year, the most stacked competition we've ever had because we have Joey Flex's voluptuous lips post that was on his story. And that was got, troll of the year. That was troll of the oh, year. Oh, troll of the year. Okay, so it's separate. I mean, but. Yeah, social media okay, post of the year. We got IPF. We've got IPF New Year's post, Elite FTS mixed grip post, Dear USPA butt pick, oh, and the girl yes. who called us sexist for using the term biggest upset. So now we got threat of the year. We got oxygen in your body, and then what was the one that you did that was epic? Um, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I was WNBA about to say all of them teammates. were pretty epic, Steve. I mean, no, come on, w- my threat game is pretty NBA. strong. SBD launches sound like WNBA team names, which we're going to have to get to in a second. I don't know if we can re- – we can't. This is <laughs> no, where it sucks that we're re-recording because the original recording of this was so epic, and I don't think we can yeah, redo it, sucks. it the same But, way. no, I mean, I'm just going to pose it to you guys. If we – we can't do this because 
powerlifting nor the WNBA is popular enough. And it's it wasn't an insult towards SPD because WNBA is a legitimate sports organization. I respect it. I respect it how it is. But going through the SPD drops, I'm like, why do they all sound like WNBA team names? And then if we had a game, say, you know, you guys see that like some random influencer has a microphone, they go up to people on the street, like, is this an SPD drop or WNBA team name? Yeah, I think they'll go well, in the same, but nobody knows both of them. I don't. So let's let's play it real quick. SBD drop or WNBA team name? Storm. Trick question. <laughs> They're both. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking for a sec. Who's is it? Would it be Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay Storm? Is Seattle? No, Seattle. Oh, that makes sense. Because Tampa Bay has the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's where I was trying to connect. Atlanta, but I mean, let's go through. So one. Pete did clarify that a lot of the inspiration comes from Marvel. So now we need to decide, is Marvel stealing from WNBA or is WNBA okay. stealing from Marvel? But Marvel, the okay, Dream, so they're Marvel, they're not the ones that anyone knows. Like, they, I never heard, because when he said that, I'm like, all right, the, the X-Men and Marvel, these are the superheroes I never heard of in my life. I don't follow Marvel and X-Men that closely, so that makes sense. But I'm like, I, I guess you couldn't name them you know, Iron Man or Hulk. You know, you couldn't you couldn't name them people know because people are like that's tacky and weird, but continue. I was just gonna say I was gonna go through Atlanta Dream, Chicago Sky, uh, Phoenix Mercury. We already have a Phoenix drop, so now we need a Mercury drop. And honestly that would be a that Mercury Both of those... actually is a color palette. We could have a cool thing here. So Pete Mercury, oh. next, next SPD Chicago drop. Sky? Absolutely. You can do a baby blue. That, that, that would Washington work. Myst, Washington Mystics? Abs- Mystics? Yes. Indiana Fever for like a reddish yeah. tint or something. Like a real a hot red. Not the, not the, bur- yeah. not the, actually the burgundy that they released? I forgot that. I think that was Phoenix. Is that the Phoenix drop? That burgundy-ish? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that that reddish one that they dropped was Phoenix. That uh, uh, a fever can be like a dark red with the black SPD. Hundred percent, that could be a drop. I'm I, I'm giving uh, SPD a lot of great ideas here. Yeah, we need I gotta we need stop. commission here. Yeah, use uh, promo code Angela so Ten for can... Stoic because. Our, I mean, Stoic drops just colors. So, I mean, I'm not saying anything. Again, it's not insulting. Stoic's just navy blue. Black. Purple. It's, that's our that's our drops. White. We don't we don't have, like, different names for them. At least I don't think. They, yeah, I think we do olive green. I think we just keep on naming them after colors. Which is what they are. I mean, it's just... But, I mean, the reason it's WNBA... So, uh, let's see if I can say this right. Most, like men's pro sports typically are based off of animals or some type of warrior from different countries or that's deep like historical meanings baseball is like deep historical things because it's been or around WNBA forever WBA is a lot more of like mythical type stuff or like elemental so yeah. mythical and elemental and that goes hand in hand most of sbd is mythical and elemental yeah. so that that's why it 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 literally is so perfect yeah well i mean uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, personally, I think I'm the best threader in powerlifting right now um, because you are. There was, you wonder, you're the only one I care to look at. Well, because I, one, I think my most liked one was it was a subculture thing about powerlifting, which is but this could be a segment on two white lights. Actually, we can maybe even they test one out right now. But I said like the subcultures in powerlifting, um, it, it's awesome. It's great because you can exp- describe someone by saying. Oh, you know, he's like a GBT lifter. And you have exactly an image that comes to your mind, and you're probably somewhat accurate. And powerlifting's full of those subcultures. So if you say he's a GBT lifter, it's like, okay, tank top, the loud GBT shorts, maybe some different color hair. It's not necessarily the same haircut. It's a wacky haircut. A lot of jewelry, dangling earrings maybe, Jordans. Mic'd up reels. Mic'd up reels. Um... Maybe a tattoo of, you know, you better or something on their arm. Who knows? But, you, like, you can totally envision it, but you can do that with anyone. Like, if somebody said that it's like, oh, he's like like a game day lifter. 
I have I have an idea what a game day lifter looks like. Super in anime. A prototypical Austin liberal. Um, has more more like I know I'm just trying to perk a little bit here, but more like on the A7 brand and this, as opposed to the SBD brand. Like you can big on tech. Big on they they still yeah, have I their cameras. Like I. What would you say? What would you say? Someone's a craft lifter. He he lifts with the craft. Um, so there's a, there's a thing there. Um, so in so in 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 so few words, muscular for sure. That's one. Um, really, I you know just they're really into the craft. You know that means so like. Close current benches, maybe a conventional deadlift. Maybe they, they can do it all. Uh, there's other things. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't put your finger I on it. I can't quite. find it exactly. <laughs> um, into nutrition. You know, again, going back to yeah, just the craft. Like, likes their accessories. Loves the accessories. Yeah, yeah. Weighted dips, of course. Yeah, I you know I I there's something else. I just I will troubleshoot that. You know what? Let's leave it up to the two white lights audience to figure that one out because I'm 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 almost there. I feel like, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, yeah. Everyone has a subculture. So you can do that for a lot. Two white lights fan, two white lights lifter, chisel jaw, but they have a great beard to go along with it. You like you wouldn't even know how good their jaw is. Just super tall, muscular. Doesn't even look like they power lift. Looks like they should be playing other sports. Uh, big, big eyes. You know, like just a perfect no shape. They're just an absolute giga chad. The two white lights fan. Just what you wish you were is a two white lights lifter. Yeah, that's what you wish. Massonomics doesn't compete. Jefferson deadlifts has a garage gym. Likely nice. between the ages of thirty to forty. Nice beer belly. Likes beer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Li- so likely, likely. I mean, did they likely not squat because of a, a knee injury they had from about six or seven years ago when they were, they were really pushing five three one? They wear knee. They wear knee sleeves or like knee cushions, not when they're powerlifting. Like a like a, an actual <laughs> sleeve when they're just like walking around because their knees are constantly in pain. Like they probably drive like a pickup truck two white lights fans drive like a ferrari or something or like a lambo or like a corvette you know like kind of the elite of society is what i'm thinking of first two white lights fans or lifters you know so we i'm just saying there's subcultures in powerlifting um yeah 100 yeah so we can do that i mean we can bring up we can bring up like different subcultures and you guys can ask us which ones to describe hell do it on threads do it on threads Mention two white lights, say, do a description of this subculture, and I'll try to do my best in order to describe it. Because I think I, I actually can do it. Because it's there. It's there, and they're quite noticeable and evident within the sport. But, all right. Now, I, I think that was it as far as uh, the meat of it. But there has been the, um, the regional and national referee changes which you definitely have a better idea on than me i cannot begin to describe yeah i i can't even fully describe it but this is this isn't a huge deal but it's just another example of usapl overcomplicating something that should have been simplified because when i heard that they were going to adjust the rules to become a national referee to make it more accessible it's like awesome that's been needed because if, if people didn't know there i think i might be a little bit off here but I believe there was three main things. One, you had to ref six meets. Two, you had to be a ref and doing this for two years. And then three, you had to take your practical at nationals. The barrier for entry of that is tough, especially the fact that you have to do two years and you have to do it at nationals. Because like, if there's no reason to be at nationals other than to ref, you're going to have to pay your way to get to nationals just to take your practical. I thought a super easy system is one, keep the six meat thing, because I think that is very warranted that you need experience. Take away the two years, because frankly, if you're willing to do six meets in a year, awesome, all the power to you. You're very serious about this. And then lastly, more than anything, make it so you can take your practical 
at states or regionals where there are national referees and American records can be set. So you would have to take your practical at a state or regional meet under a national referee. I, I see no reason why that's not close enough to nationals considering all of the same stipulations can occur and you're under a national referee judging possible American records. But no, they did take away the two-year thing, but they now added a regional referee who can ref American records at regional meets. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like it. You, it, it was an. I, I can't even explain all of it because it didn't make sense to me because it was just a complete Did, overcomplication of something that should have easily been simplified. Yeah. It wasn't a broken. It wasn't. There was no broken system. State and national refs are awesome. There's just there's two. That's 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 well, a great I, little system. It was just lowered the barrier of entry becoming a national ref. Yeah. I I agree with you there. I I'm more because again, like I think one of these things, it's one of those things that I don't know how much it will change things. I don't think it'll make things that much worse. I think there was a more simple option there and what you described. But for me, I'm just looking at like just you can't set records at national records at state or regional meets. Like you can only do it at nationals, and that that to me yeah, just I makes agree it, with that too. Like that to me just makes it a little bit more simple in of itself. Um, I, I don't mind there being regional refs, but I, I can't see this being much of an issue, but there's only one referee on this podcast and it's not the one speaking right now. Yes, I am indeed a referee. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to re-rant about this, I guess, yeah. is, uh, considering the DMs I get occasionally about how I've never volunteered and I do nothing for the sport. I need to start refereeing and doing stuff. I do think people forget I've hosted, I believe, I've directed eight USAPL meets, 16 strength competitions in total if you take in strongman and push poles. Um, I'm a state referee. I spotted and loaded, I think, six or seven times. Yeah. So yep. when, I, when I say I can have an opinion, I think I can actually have an opinion on this. Like, before anyone DMs me and says, oh, you don't actually referee or volunteer, I actually think I do have an opinion on this. Yeah. I'm trying to find the rules here. I can't – I only find the rule book, and I'm not going to read through the entire rule book. But, well, um, well, I was going to say you get all those DMs of how you don't do anything for the sport. I never do, and I complain, I think, just about as much as you do on this. But I never get those same DMs, which is amusing, and it kind of makes me happy in a sick way. Yeah. Good – Great example of this is uh, the Barbell Brigade Open. Awesome meet, by the way. William Sandoval killed it. Um, I commentated the meet. It was great. You know, um, it was awesome being there. But some things that happened is like, <laughs> like in between sessions, I had to work out. Like there was no other real time to work out. So me and the TSS spotting and loading crew worked out. And then more people would come up to me and be like, man, you're doing commentary and lifting today? And I'm like, I feel like some other people in this room are doing way more than me. Maybe the spotting and loading crew are doing the same exact thing, and then they go back on the platform and spot and load some more. But it's okay to give me all the credit. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure the TSS spotting and loading crew had people come up like, hey, you guys did great today. Thank you. But the fact that I got, like, multiple people saying, oh, dude, awesome job today. Thank you so much for coming out. I'm like, I talked into a microphone. And that was it. That's all I did. I sat down and I was drinking water the entire meet. Just drinking Gatorades and waters and protein shakes and was speaking. Uh, it just... Well, I'm, 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 don't discredit that. As someone who was spotted and loaded and directed meets and left, power rankings, tier one is directing a meet. Yeah. In the sense of, like, exhaustion. Uh -huh. Tier one, way out in front. Spotting loadings next. I am almost not as exhausted. I, I'm not. I'm not that much more exhausted spotting and loading for eight hours as commentating and having to talk straight for eight hours. It's yeah. Honestly, it, for me, some people might disagree. For me, in doing both and doing both five plus times, it's commentating is not. The easiest thing in the world. If, no. if you want to test it, go talk into a microphone for eight plus hours straight while having to pay attention to every single lifter. It's it's mentally exhausting. Yeah, I would rather 
I, I almost would rather spot and load sometimes than commentating in the sense of like, like, because spotting and loading, while it takes a very, it takes focus, it doesn't take you having to like find ways to make up things in your head to make commentating interesting for yeah. eight hours on a four platform meet. That's a good, yeah, that is a good point. But I'm just saying maybe just in between like sessions, me lifting, the spotters and loaders doing their sec- their their lifting days in between them spotting and loading is probably more impressive than me commentating and then getting my lifting session in between. I, I could... I, I, in, in, okay, in the sense uh, of lifting, yes. In yeah. the sense of like different forms of exhaustion that I've experienced, the most... The most exhausted I have ever been from any powerlifting meet is commentating collegiate nationals. Collegiate nationals was, that was different because horrible. that was that was an early day and late night. That was worse than directing a meet. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Um, yeah, that was a different animal altogether. But uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, hell, I mean, if we want to want to bring this back to the conversation of IPF worlds and this um, at nationals and the Arnold, I had to commentate then compete. The IPF worlds, I wouldn't have to do that. You didn't have to travel though, so yeah, I didn't have to travel. I would have rather fucking traveled than do that. <laughs> then organ, then organize all the commentary the day before I'm competing, making sure that people are there on time, getting paid too, and then competing the next day, and then commentating this I, I the regular session before. So yeah, I, I I would I would rather I would rather go to Malta. Malta w- looked pretty darn fun. I'm really disappointed that for multiple reasons that wasn't going to happen for me this year. But that was a that was a good spot considering you can easily go to one Malta's a nice place, and then two you can easily hop up to Italy or uh, go over to Spain or yeah, France anyway. Afterwards. I mean Europe. That's it's a really great cool because it's not it's not that's a good thing about Europe in travel, general. And their time zones stay the same too. Well, God, I think God, we were talking about nations are the size of like Minnesota. You know, like these places are small. That we're talking about like these countries are small like uh, that's uh, again i guess we get back onto this but you know you talk about uk nationals you talk about french nationals italian nationals like if we had texas states and everyone had to compete in texas states that would be so much harder to win because texas is the size of like 19 of your countries the united states is just different you're dealing with a superpower we're too, we're too damn big I can't drive. To, I can't take a train to any of these places less than like days on end. So we have to all we're, fly we're, for our shit. We're we're so big that we have a, a third drug tested federation that has fifteen thousand members that yeah. no one even talks about. Out of like, we have US. Well, I don't even know the numbers now because now it's going to be split between USPA and WRPF. But we literally have a third drug tested federation that I don't think international lifters even know about that has like 15,000 lifters. Yeah, there's a lot. There's just so much things going on here. It's so big. It's just the, it's different. It's, it's that we're not playing. If we're all, all, all of our own individual nations, I still might not see. <laughs> I still not might see the world stage. If, if Texas was a nation, I don't know if I'll ever see. The IPF World Stage. Well, and Sean's moving there too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I would have to move back to Illinois in order to in order to yeah, get Illinois, that. Il- well, that would be, be equivalent to like you know like who, who was the strange countries that clearly had someone to figure out what powerlifting was yet a day before and go and compete. Hell, so be more prestigious. Ty- Probably Chinese China Taipei. Had- was it Chinese Taipei that had the lifter that totaled like 300 kilos a male? Probably. Something, it was something. It was something insanity. Yeah. Let me look. I can pull it up. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. I mean, Illinois would have better prestige than that because we have at least people who know how to powerlift in Illinois. But yeah, it, it would be yes. crazy. It would be crazy if powerlifting America. Seven, Wait, Chinese what? lifter totaled 307.5 kilos in the 74 kilo class. At worlds, yeah. Okay, so there you go. So if we just if we if we just made all fifty states their own individual nations, then I think it's comparable to Europe. But Texas would still be so hard to get out of, and Carolina, yeah. and Georgia, and these and all these what? other states. It would be crazy though if it would be crazy if Power of the America adopted a format where you had to win your state. 
in order to make it to Nationals. I mean, they will never do it because it's stupid, but it would be crazy if they did that. Then it's like maybe, maybe if people start to pay attention to it, maybe it'll just kind of uh, light up, I mean, up that light bulb. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, but regional could actually work well if you did. If you separated into like five regions and you had to win your region to go to nationals, Powerlifting America could, could adopt that, that because they probably have to keep their national roster small. Yeah. Like, if so, they get a big influx of be, lifters, that might be a big problem. So, if they just have regional that meets. Be pretty in, you know, that's why I want to see with the collegiate system. But, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So. All right. Well. All right. We got it. Take two. Done. Yep. Take two. Successful. We did it. Do we All want right. to do any random stories? I've got one if we want to go about it. I we're You know what? We should hold off on it. Random life stories from here on out. We should hold off on it because we're at an hour. And I think okay. I think sixty three minutes on this one's going to be good. So all right, yeah, we shall do it. Sorry for the delay, guys. We got through everything that I wanted to talk about or we wanted to talk about. We'll see you guys next week. More two white lights. Peace. <laughs>